When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another NBA game marred by a blown call. And the reps immediately admitting it, too. Dante's form tackle, Detroit's beef, New York's win. Also, word of the day in the NFL, combine and franchise tag deadline. That's five words, Tone. Not if you combine it, Sedano. Oh, and Connor McDavid, goalless streak at 10. He's joking he won't shoot anymore because he's getting so many assists and he's putting together a Gretzky-like run. Let's go around the horn on that, too. Where's the, where's the seed button? Or needs to go in the box and feel shame. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go, he throws it away. Inside the heart, Hart banks it in, foul! The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. Monty Williams walking off, and the NBA walking into another conversation about refereeing and games being decided by it. Last time was the Knicks losing out. This time they win. The Pistons have beat. This is becoming a weekly thing. We talk about reviews and two-minute reports and accountability and teams protesting. So I ask you, national panel, what should the NBA do about last night? Around the horn to you, George Shadano. Well, Tony, I hope that they don't find Monty Williams because when the officials admitted, to your point earlier, that he was indeed correct about the non-call call, uh, then he shouldn't get fined. Tony, this has been a thing for the last couple of years particularly. I've had these conversations with coaches, and the thing I keep getting back is this. Basically, over the last four to five seasons, there have been a lot of veteran officials who have since moved on. They've retired, moved into different uh, aspects of the NBA, and maybe they're in a management position now, not necessarily refereeing games anymore, officiating games. And there's been an influx of newer officials. And I think that's been a big problem, at least according to the coaches, Tony. That's what they've told me. Mm. They feel like the newer officials have struggled in a big way, and you don't have the veteran guys there. And, and look, if you're the Pistons, you've had a rough season to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, every win is, a, is something that you can take if you're Monty Williams, who's not this guy, who's not the guy to normally go after anyone, for that matter, let alone officiating. You know, they need any glimmer of hope to help stack success, any success that they can heading into next season and beyond. So I, I get it that this feels like it was ripped away from them when they've had a season where they've only had eight wins. Oh, or tackled away from them, maybe not ripped. Bob Ryan, Basketball Hall of Famer, seven decades covering the league on this blown call and the league right now with its referee. The same one it could have been in the 1946-47 season when the league started. Mm. 
Look, there have okay. been bad calls. There were bad calls that year. There were bad calls in 1955, 56. There were bad calls in 87, 88. And there are going to be bad calls in 2042, 2043. Okay? That's a fact. What, I, what bothered me about Monty, who I otherwise admire, is his inference that we didn't uh, clip there, but I'll tell you, that the league is persecuting them. They stink. Right? They stink. Okay. And so the, the, now in the, 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 the big but picture. Regardless of how much they uh, permeate a smell here, Bob Ryan, that was a form tackle from Dante DiVincenzo, and there had to be a whistle there, correct? It was absolutely a terrible call. Dante DiVincenzo would have impressed defensive coordinators at the combine with that play, okay? <laughs> it was, there's no question about it. But this is nothing, nothing, nothing new. Mm. Okay. It's just that now in 2024, we can scrutinize it in a way that wasn't possible 20 years ago, let alone 70. That's interesting. David Dennis Jr. to you, what you saw last night and how much beef Detroit's got. Uh, yeah, what, what I saw was a great sideline tackle that the uh, Jets or Giants could use uh, on, on their side. That was obviously a bad call. It was a terrible call. Nobody is debating that. But the problem here that the NBA has created with itself is this performance of accountability that they have with two-minute uh, you know, reports and referees coming out afterwards the game saying that they were wrong and tweeting apologies and things like that when that actually does not lead to any change. This doesn't make this game any better. They don't have any protocol to improve because there's really no way that they can find improvement. Bob is absolutely correct here in the fact that bad refereeing has always been around. And you want proof of that? Can anybody name what the golden era of refereeing in any sport was? Nobody says, oh, 94, that was a great year for refereeing. People have always been upset with refereeing, and it's always been, you know, at, at, at the best, it's been, you know, a lot of bad calls that cost games just like this, and we, you know, just got to get used to it. I don't know if we're getting any fans here in Detroit on our side here by saying, hey, sorry, bad calls happened. That was a form tackle in an NBA game that basically decides the game, Emily. Do they have any, anything to do here? You know, I'm going to have to defer to Bob here and believe that bad calls are a tale as old as time. But there's no data to suggest that refereeing is worse now than it's ever been. It's just a perception of refereeing is and also the hostility towards it is. And I'm just curious why there is that hostility. And I think it plays into George's point where there are younger refs. And I think they lack that interpersonal skill to negotiate and manage the flow of a game and like emotions in the game. And therefore, that hostility builds up. And that's why five other coaches have been fine for comments about refereeing before Monty Williams went off. So I completely sympathize with him because it's a missed call and they admit for a missed call. But this has happened. Like, they're not the only team involved here. And I think that what the NBA can do is work with these officials to build up those skills that they can work with the players so it doesn't boil to this point. George, any recourse for the Pistons here? There is no recourse, Tony, but there's some recourse for the NBA, and I think David started to hit on that. Their transparency is part of the problem, right? They're trying to be so transparent. Well, there needs to be actions, and I think the actions are this. How about adding another official? Athletes have become bigger, stronger, and faster, and I know what Bob is saying. There's always going to be bad calls, but you know what? There were less bad calls, I would imagine, when they went from two to three referees, or three officials, rather. So if you add a fourth official, I don't think that's a bad thing. A lot of other leagues have done that throughout and their Bob, history, including the NBA. is there any review? Is there any, any protest that, that would provide recourse here? Well, they, no, they set up this, this foolish nonsense of, of telling the world about all the bad mistakes the referees make in the last two minutes. And as David said, to what end? I've never understood what they thought they were going to gain by that. Mm -hmm. 
There's no end. Referees have to be better. It's that simple. They must be better. The game is difficult to officiate, but it is not impossible. And I say often, I watch something like that. How could three referees miss it? They got three. And now they, none of them saw it? Add four. Come on. Add another one. That'll be the last word. We'll move on. NFL now. Combine day two. While the franchise tag deadline looms a week away. And let's combine it. Talk running backs. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard reportedly will not be franchise tagged. And they'll hit the open market. Put them along with Derrick Henry and his very full list of available running backs. This while many mock drafts have no running back in the top 50. David, around the horn of you on the running back position. And maybe your most attractive option in this offseason's moves. Yeah, this is a, a situation that is a result of the GMs and the teams devaluing the running back, and now you have an unenviable un, un, position of having to pick out of a class of running backs and figure out and guess which one is going to fall off a cliff, which one is going to be better, and your franchise depends on it. And it's a tough decision that is based on how they, you know, don't want to hold on to these running backs. Now, in terms of who is going to be somebody to look out for, obviously you mentioned the top three, probably Jacobs, Barkley, Pollard, those guys. But for me, I think Derrick Henry is the one, if you're a that is the guy to look for. They're going to devalue him, especially because he's, he's 30 years old. He has a lot of wear and tear. He has that, you know, injury from a few years ago. But 80% of his yards since 2021 have come after the tackle. That offensive line that the Titans has something to say for, you know, his performance as of late. And I think that if you're looking to win a Super Bowl and you're right there on the precipice, you can get good value for Derrick Henry. Emily Kaplan? You know, the, the fall of the running back, rather, has been well-documented. I think we have reached the nadir because the salary cap has raised $30 million and we still want to pay any of these guys. Mm -hmm. I consider myself very biased here. I grew up in New Jersey as a Giants fan. I went to Penn State with Saquon Barkley. I find him an incredible model off the field, charismatic, super dynamic on the field, 2,200 rushing yards over his last 30 games. And yet I can't justifiably tell you why he should have been taken number two overall mm -hmm. or why you should pay him. It's just the state of the economy. Look at the Chiefs. They just won a Super Bowl with a seventh-round pick from Rutgers on his rookie salary. Like, that is the market economics right now, and unfortunately, it's not fair. It just is what it is. And they had a first-round running back they drafted who was the backup there. That's George Sedano to you. Tony, about a decade or so ago, there was a study that basically showed us that running backs have the shortest lifespan of any position in the NFL. And GMs took that information and they said, you know what? Well, then we're going to apply it to our math and what we have to do from a salary cap perspective. So they've drafted guys. We've seen a lot of running backs over the years drafted low in the draft or even undrafted free agents who have come out and performed at a very high level. So it's the unfortunate circumstance that they find themselves in. In regards to this particular group, Saquon Barkley clearly has the highest ceiling, uh, not only because of what he can do on the ground, but what he can do catching the ball out of the backfield. I would say Josh Jacobs probably second after that. But unfortunately, it's, it's lease with an option to buy. Uh, you know, they're like cars, basically, unfortunately, the running back position. And Bob Ron, you have any thoughts on this? Yes, uh, we all know about the devaluation of the running back. We've been talking about it for several years. Okay, we all know that. I think in this list of guys, there's an awful lot of parity. You could guess right, you could guess wrong. I, I agree about Derrick Henry, by the way, David, and I don't want to be Mr. Echo. I'll give you a sleeper, and this is a bias pick. A.J. Dillon. Of course, he did go to Boston College, but he's a tough guy, <laughs> tough, strong guy, young and motivated. Somebody might get lucky and get a lot of value out of Mr. Dillon. Mm -hmm. That'll be the last word here. Take a break. Buy or sell on the other side. That Bob Ryan is just as biased as I am. 
<laughs> Clearly. Why not? <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Oilers 4, Kings 2 last night. Before the game, morning skate, I want to get your take on Connor McDavid. I've decided I'm just going to see how many assists I can get. So uh, <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the focus. I'm not going to shoot the puck anymore. and um, I'm not going to score any more goals. So he joked he wasn't going to shoot anymore. He's in the middle of a 10-game goal drought, clearly frustrated. If he's just going for assists, though, he's doing an amazing job. Had two last night, his fifth straight two-assist game. He's on pace for 103, which is just Gretzky territory. And look at the assist last night, though. Did he intentionally pass up a goal there, or at least a shot? Like he said, Emily, how real should McDavid's frustration with this goal drought be? It's not real at all. On pace for 103 assists is all you should focus on. Or the fact that his linemate, Zach Hyman, is on pace for 56 goals. Secondary scoring has been one of the Oilers' biggest issues. Hyman is on pace to become the first Oilers player in nearly 40 years not named McDavid or Dreisaitl to hit 50 goals. That's huge. Mm -hmm. David Dennis Jr. Yeah, this is an anomalous thing. This is zero goals uh, and 20 points in the course of... 10 games has never happened before. It seems like a matter of time that somebody who had 60 plus last season is going to get back on track. This team is actually averaging, you know, 0.5 more goals during this last team, uh, 10 games than they had before. So he's fitting mm -hmm. in well, and the rest of the league should watch out when he starts actually scoring some Bob goals. Bob Ryan. He wants to hear the PA announcer go, assist! McDavid, mm -hmm. yeah. goal by Mr. X. Look, he says anybody can get uh, a 60 goals, but not everybody can get 100 assists, so it's clear what his quest is. George Sedano? Well, Tony, that's clearly the case to Bob's point because it's been 35 years, basically, since Gretzky was in that particular area when it came to assists. And I've never seen a situation where people are complaining about a team, a guy helping his team in other ways. Like, we always say, you know what, do more than just oh, I don't think anybody's complaining. Team. Uh, the team's on a great run over the last three months. I think, do you what? believe there could be frustration for him? 
No, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm sure there's some small modicum of that, but at the end of the day, if they're winning and they're scoring more, to David's point, they're, they're fine. Like, I'm sure he's fine. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. Arizona Cardinals telling us, unprompted, Kyler Murray is their franchise quarterback. We've heard similar things from this franchise before, and we've seen similar posts from this franchise before during the combine about a quarterback they once had, Josh Rosen, when he was not their future quarterback. So, David, what do we have here this time with the Arizona Cardinals? We have a very weird social media post. When something goes without saying, it means that it can go without it being said. And now once you say it, it feels like I have a reason for you to have said it. Now we're questioning why they made that post in the first place, especially with the fact that there's probably not going to be uh, that great of a quarterback waiting for them at four. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is right there to be the perfect complement for Murray in the draft. I have no clue why they made this if post. If he falls to number four. Bob Ryan, how about you? Anybody want to join me in petitioning for the revocation of the charter of that franchise. Here's a quiz for you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say of their social they, media, of the whole franchise. The team called okay. the Cardinals won. The whole franchise. Answer, 1947, two cities ago. Yeah. I want to hear from them. George Sedano, how about you? Uh, Tony, look, he came off a serious injury. His contract is still pretty, uh, you know, uh, bloated, I guess, and hard to move. They're in a position where they can't necessarily get one of the top three guys that people think are legitimately going to be impact players right away. So I think that's part of the problem here. Although, you know what? If they get him another guy to play receiver, I think that he's still a very good quarterback, and we saw that last year when he came back late. Emily Kaplan. I've seen a lot of highly scientific but believable data that suggests that couples who regularly post each other on Instagram aren't actually that happy. And I feel like that's the vibe that I'm getting here. It just seems a little weird and sketchy that you post this exact day that the entire league descends on Indianapolis for all this trade talk. It's kind of sketch. Buy or sell three. More social media talk. Bob, you just loved it, don't you? LeBron posting tweets about Bronny's mock draft status and how unhappy he was that it's something people are talk about. He said, let the kid be a kid. But then he deleted his post. George, what you buy, what you sell from it all? Uh, I'm buying that I'm glad he deleted it because if we're talking about letting a kid be a kid, then I, I unfortunately I would say it starts with him a little bit, Tone, because you know, he's put a lot of expectations on Bronny where there already are plenty because he's the son of LeBron James and he shares the same name. Le you know, Bronny's already been in a tough spot with a medical situation with his heart. He was, you know, he was able to overcome that, thankfully. And, you know, he was four months behind on basketball. So this is not a surprise that he would not be in a mock draft. So I get his point, but he also needs to understand that part of this is also some of the stuff he Emily said in the Kaplan. Yeah, he said to let the results do the talking, but this is a kid who's coming off a major cardiac event that's averaging five and a half points for a pretty tough and not so talented uh, college basketball conference. So, of course, he wasn't going to be in the mock draft, but now it just called attention to it, and I feel like LeBron probably just needs to listen to his own words and stand pat and let the kid be. David Dennis Jr.? Yeah, I'm selling this post. Unfortunately, the toothpaste is out of the tube here in the way that we talk about Bronny James, especially just a few months ago. He said, LeBron said, I'm watching TV and my son is better than some of these NBA players that I'm watching. That is, uh, you know, has all eyeballs on him even more than before. So now when you have mock drafts and the headline is Bronny is not part of that draft, then it, it you know, just increased spotlight and tweets like that are not helping. And Bob Ryan. Who is LeBron kidding? He's the one that placed the unfair burden on this kid who is a decent but not superior prospect, according to anybody who knows anything that I've ever talked to. It's just LeBron's to set up this kid for a fall. 
and he ought to be ashamed of himself. Mm. Bob, I, I did, before we sat down, you were talking about how you had seen also on social media some comps yes. Bronny had uh, yes. first season. What was it? It was There was a... On the flip side of that, there was an X this week. Someone came up with the numbers. The numbers for Jimmy Butler as a first-year player at Marquette are almost identical to what yes. Ronnie yeah, has to right now. So that was that's he could grow, and but George? he's not that great a prospect. Yeah, yeah, Tony. There, there are plenty of examples of guys second, third year. Heck, look at Jaime Hawkins. This year's a four-year player who's making a, a significant impact in the NBA. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that Bronny won't be a good player or won't be an NBA player just because it won't be this season potential. Coach Dino, Bob Ryan, thank you for your time today. It's an Emily Kaplan, David Dennis Jr. showdown. Next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Emily Kaplan, David Dennis Jr., good luck in showdown. Mexico 2, USA 0. The U.S. women's national team had been undefeated in eight straight since crashing out of the World Cup. So this is the first loss since then. But it was in the Gold Cup group stage. They had already advanced, but still a game of note. Emily, something or nothing? Us. Somewhere in the middle. This is like the weird substitution transition era before Emma Hayes takes over, so that explains a lack of cohesion. But I think that the women might need to, like, forget about the alpha, we're the best in the world mindset entering the Olympics, and maybe start thinking this underdog mentality for motivation. The rest of the world's caught up. David Dennis Jr.? This is absolutely something. This is a team that carried themselves like they were already the best in the world when last year showed that wasn't the case. There was a lack of effort, a lack of aggression. They seem to be coasting when they don't have that margin of error anymore. Mm -hmm. Group stage, though, and they were already into the knockout. We'll give Emily the point. We'll move on. Showdown two. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> 
earlier in the Raptors. season, a lot of guys were not here, but I promised uh, whenever we win three three games in a row that I'm gonna buy dinner. Somebody said pizza party. That's a little bit like, you know, we go, we go, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna wrap it up a little bit. We're gonna, we gonna get some some, some nice food. Okay? So yes, this is the Toronto Raptors winning three in a row. My question was going to be, do three wins in a row beget let's go cheers at a pizza party? But now I'm more intrigued by this. Does a pizza party ever need ramping up, David Dennis Jr.? You absolutely do not need to ramp up a pizza party, especially when you go to the place. I did some Googles, Tony, the perfect place for authentic Italian pizza right over there in Toronto. There's an Olive Garden out there, oh Tony. Oh, my goodness. The Don't you dare do that. How could you do this to me? How could you do <laughs> Emily. I'm also going to insult Toronto pizza, but I will not insult Tony. Every time I go there, it's a world-class city for food, but Boston pizza is their biggest chain. If it was New Jersey pizza, we would trust it, and then the guys could actually get happy. The record for lowest points in a showdown ever now attained by David Dennis Jr. Emily Kaplan, take the face time. Uh, so the biggest thing in hockey right now is six foot eight Matt Rempe, the rookie for the Rangers, who has more penalty minutes than ice time. Now the kid's gonna realize that he doesn't need to fight every game or can't. That's not sustainable. But he's a cult hero. He was taking pictures with kids at the Cheesecake Factory last night with that black guy. But he's just as good of a story. He debuted six years to the day when his dad passed away at the outdoor game. He's worked for everything he has. So I keep he continues on just keeping him. Six foot eight, the Rempire State Building. We'll see you tomorrow.